It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb, once again, on Connecting Winnipeg today from 10 until 12. And uh, you know what? Before I forget, I should actually ask a question that Loren asked me yesterday because I suspect that Loren and I are not alone in this yesterday. And, I, and I'm always envious of you, Mackling, because you have... Zero, you have no allergies, right? None, no food, no flora, no fauna. <laughs> Good word choices at 6.06 in the morning, attaboy. But uh, Loren asked yesterday, Brett, how are your allergies? I'm crazy stuffed up today and was a few days ago. One of my kids as well. My allergies have been driving me nuts for the last week. I'm all, actually, I forgot to get hepped up on the antihistamine goofballs this morning. I should... Uh... Right. You got them handy there, Brett? Yep. I usually, well, think do, so. Do, do, do you ever leave home without them? Are they their, your American Express card? <laughs> the, I'm almost never, but the other day... Oh, there you go. The other day, uh, when I needed them, I had forgotten them at home. So that was a bit of a sniffly morning. But yeah, my dad says he's having problems, so I guess just... Uh, Feel free to let us know at 204-780-6868 if you're dealing with allergies. I suspect it has to do with all the rain because August is usually a dry-er month. And with all the rain, I, I suppose it's kicked up a bunch of stuff that we're not used to dealing with in August. Do you have any allergies in the household, any of your family? None that I'm aware of. The lucky Macklings. <laughs> I mean, who knows? I mean, uh, Alexander, not great with the milk, but that's more of a, just a dietary thing. It's not really an allergy. He just has to stay away from it. Otherwise, he gets he gets stomach aches. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, we're pretty lucky, I'd have to say. Okay, so feel free to weigh in, 204-780-6868. Just curious to know if anybody else is having some allergy issues, and I suspect if you are that this could become a larger topic, and we'll try to find out what the heck is going on. Also today, uh, back to school is going to be a big topic. We're talking anxiety and nutrition at 8.05, Mackling. That's right. Uh, One of my boys is already back at school. Started yesterday. What? Football practice. Still. Yes. He was supposed to take his bike, but of course he was being a little bit slow in getting out of the house. I'm like, you realize I'm going to have to drive you now because you're going to be late. Your first practice and you're going to be late. He says, yeah, I know there's actually some kids there already. I said, well, then I guess we better get going. (laughs) Mom picked him up. And then, uh, yeah, so it was strange to, you know, two weeks before school actually begins, we've got to start this routine already. And I've seen their class schedule and both the boys are stressed out. Grade 11 begins this year. And so, you know, the fun and games is sort of over, Brett. You'll remember this from your high school days. Grade 11 is sort of when... You make the decision if you're going to be an academic or not. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out pretty quick <laughs> if if the boys have what it takes with the uh, with the three sciences and all the all the different uh, mathematics that they're going to be taking the English and everything. There's no there's no more option. There's no basket weaving on either time schedule this year. Do you do your boys know by the way the way that you uh, impersonate them on the air? Oh gosh, yeah, I do it right to their face. <laughs> There's no mystery. There's no mystery. I don't hide, hide too much stuff from them. So. It makes me smile every single time you you drop that voice. Go, yeah, Dad, I know. Well, one of them, one of them mumbles. I gotta ask him. Like, 
we're you know in the radio business with these headphones on all the time. We're losing our hearing slowly but surely. But one of them talks like like this really quiet. It's like, dude, you're gonna have to speak up. <laughs> if if you have any intention of ever holding down a job, you're gonna have to speak a little bit louder than that. One of my mm-hmm. colleagues uh, <laughs> at a at a previous job. Uh, go, oh boy, going back almost twenty. Actually, going back twenty years now. Um, this girl, Crystal, used to call me Mumbles McGarry. You? Yeah. Come on. Well, I have this, and I have this thing, and it still happens where I'll say something, and and people will say, "Sorry, I, I, I couldn't hear you." Seriously? Well, because look, we have. We have big voices, right? Because we, we're we're on the radio, and that, but the, part of the reason I ended up on the radio is because people kept saying, "Hey, you have a you have a, a big deep voice. You should go on the radio." And I thought, okay, I have no other discernible skills or talents. So what the heck? Let's do let's do this. <laughs> but I don't want to be that guy who uses the like. I would I would say this is my normal voice. Yes. But, a lot of people, when I'm when I get passionate about things, a lot of people because of the resting Brett face and all that, people think I'm angry. So I tend to tone down the. I, I speak. I try to speak quietly because I don't want to be that guy. We, like I'm not going to point any fingers, but we've worked with some people over the years who don't have an indoor voice. It's just one very loud voice that you can hear through the walls, and I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> but then I overcompensate. By speaking too quietly sometimes. Okay. Hence the Mumbles McGarry. Okay, I like that. Mumbles McGarry. I'm writing that down <laughs> for future reference. I had no idea that was an intri- uh, that was an issue at any point in your life. Yeah, Mumbles. So, okay. um, and, uh, and then at, we were just at Southwood Golf and Country Club over the weekend for the Manitoba Open, and I see at 7.05 we're talking redevelopment for the golf course. That's right. So the, the golf course moved back uh, just over a decade ago, and if you spend any time in and around the University of Manitoba, maybe it's just to Blue Bomber games, uh, maybe it's to Valor FC games where you're there all the time, the Southwood Golf Course has sort of been lying there waiting for redevelopment and over the course of the last decade, there have been competitions, there have been studies, surprise, surprise studies, and uh, now it looks as though there is a plan for that 116-acre parcel of property adjacent uh, to the University of Manitoba. We'll visit with Janice Lukes in about an hour's time and find out what is going to go there. What's going to happen? And my big question is, like, is there going to be a place to go before and after football games? Are there going to be restaurants? Are there going to be bars, pubs? I want to know. I hope so, because right now it's kind of a black hole. It is, and they need, and I, I think this is a, a great opportunity for there to be a, sort of a, a University Avenue like you see in the United States. Ooh, I like the sound of that. Anyway, we'll see. We'll find out. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg today from 10 until 12. We have tickets to give away for WWE Friday Night Smackdown, and it has to do with this. Jeff Fortier is famous in these parts for consuming beef jerky in the shower. There was also the woman who was dipping chicken fingers into her soda at the U.S. Tennis Open back in 2019. Mending my business at the U.S. Open when ESPN caught me. 
I was dipping my chicken into my soda And now they all think I'm a freak Take the chicken with your right, take the soda with your left And then you dip, 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 dip that was Alexa Greenfield with a music video trying to immortalize her 15 minutes of fame with a music video. Anyway, last night. New York Yankees game. There's a vid- video. It's going wild. It's going viral right now, Brett. A gentleman who painstakingly hollows out the center of what I originally thought was a pepperoni stick with a plastic straw in order to create a spicy straw for his beer. It was actually a wiener. He pulled it out of the bun, bought a hot dog, pulls the wiener out, takes a straw, hollows out the middle to use his hot dog wiener as a straw. There's no music video for this one yet, but millions of views on various social media. If you're on Instagram or Twitter and haven't seen it yet, you will see it today. Twizzlers as a straw for your drink? Yeah, okay, been there, done that. But a hot dog straw for your beer? Come on, dude. So here's the question. We want to know the strangest thing you have seen somebody do, the weird things that you catch people doing and where you find yourself just mystified. Like, what is happening over there? 204-780-6868 for a chance to win those tickets. We'll pick our winner at 915. Let's go around the horn here. Jeff Braun, kick us off. About 10 years ago, I was at a Bob Dylan concert with some friends, and there was this guy in front of us who spent... The entire concert, and I mean from the opening chords to the to the closing uh, note, trying to take a picture of Bob Dylan <laughs> with his digital camera, and all he got was about 300 blurry pictures. He kept trying. He'd take a picture, look at it. It would just be blurring. He was sitting right in front of us so we could see exactly what was going on with his camera, and he just, he just spent the entire show <laughs> trying to get one photo and he never got it it was just like what a waste of money to come to this concert to do that to just stare at your camera the whole time and i mean i don't know maybe it was a brand new camera but still guy like take a couple practice shots before you go to the concert if you're not too sure how to work it you know it was hilarious we we just howled with laughter the whole time because he just wouldn't give up how much time did you like? Did did that end up distracting you from the concert? We we did not uh, care for the concert whatsoever. Uh, this Bob Dylan guy is not going to make it, as far as I am concerned. But uh, so <laughs> we were happy to have the entertainment of this guy and his camera. <laughs> Cameron Poitras, I feel like I'm the biggest offender in this. Like I I have to like think of myself. Like I eat very fast. I'm very self conscious that everyone is like st- staring at me, saying, "How is this guy eating so quickly?" <laughs> And I can't slow down. Like, I've actually physically tried to slow down. And, like, I watch people and they, like, take a tiny little bite and they put their fork and their knife down. And then they, like, rest. And then they sit and they talk. And then they pick their fork and knife up again. And they take another little bite. And then they they, they take their little bite and then they put their forks and knife down. I can't do it. So I feel like every time I eat, like, if somebody ever is around me eating a Subway sandwich, I'm so sorry. Because it's horrible. Because I crunch chips in there. It's like this giant mess. I apologize but I, I, I can't call anyone else out because I think I'm I think I'm the worst. Fortier, you go out for lunch from time to time with uh, Cameron. Can you confirm? I call him the human vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I can't help it. I, it. It goes it goes back to my family roots on the on the Hutterite colony on my mom's side, where it's you you run into and you eat as much as you can as fast as you can and you get out of there and that passed on to me. And go back to work, and I, I, I honestly can't help myself. Like I, I can't. I watch people eat slowly, and I'm like, eat for that. 
Eat for God's sakes, just eat. What are you taking so long for? Your food's getting cold. It's like people that take forever to open a gift, and they gotta slowly, oh. you know, with the tape and the, and then they gotta <laughs> fold it all nicely before they even open up the box. It's like rip it open. Aren't you curious to see what's inside? <laughs> My auntie Pat, <laughs> may she rest in peace. I actually uh, one day for Christmas, I think I tore a present out of her hands and just ripped it, ripped it open for her because <laughs> it was taking her like five minutes to open this gift. She didn't want to wreck the paper. Like Annie Pat, that wrapping paper cost three dollars for the roll. Don't worry about it we're not going to reuse it um what about you mackling uh the worst i think for me is in parking lots just uh while i was away on my vacation i was out with my buddy and i had to drop him off somewhere and i typically park like in an island of unused parking spaces i don't like to sneak in tightly against anyone in fear of door dings and all that sort of stuff it doesn't mean i won't park closer to the building if a spot is available but it's got to be the appropriate size so i dropped my buddy off there's like five parking spots on either side of me 10 across on the other side i got i've got my head down i'm doing some social media or i'm texting or something and i get this sense you know when there's somebody next to you you know there's somebody there and i do the casual look up and then to the side and somebody has decided to park right next to the passenger side door. Like, I'm talking within six inches, and there were 20 spots to choose from to the point when my buddy comes back to get in the car, he had to do the sideways shimmy thing. It <laughs> oh was my God. unreal. <laughs> Don't park next to me. We also are asking you at 204-780-6868, what are the weird things you see people do? Like the Yankees fan who decided his hot dog wiener would be an appropriate straw for his beer. Uh, never mind just using a wiener for a straw. Just using a straw for your beer, I think, yes, is kind of weird. I'd agree. But um, what does Big A Rob have for us, Mackling? I had a neighbor years ago who was a lawn and garden perfectionist. One summer while spending the weekend on my roof installing new shingles, I watched him for three straight days attempting to make a global cedar perfectly round. He had tape measures, <laughs> protractors, plywood stencils, and shears. By Sunday, the shrub had been redu reduced from a five-foot wide shrub to a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. <laughs> ah, right on, Rob. That's great stuff. So keep those coming for a chance to win the SmackDown tickets. We'll give those away at 9.15. Now, last week... Oh, and by, by the way, speaking of the Bombers, we do have Bomber tickets to give away for Thursday's game. We'll give those away at the end of Breakfast with the Bombers. Now, last week, we were broadcasting live from Southwood Golf and Country Club in St. Norbert to cover the Manitoba Open. Southwood opened as the Norwood Golf Club in in 1894, and in 2011, the golf course, which had operated on lands adjacent to the University of Manitoba, closed its doors and opened its new facility. Yeah, in the decades since, since, Brett, there have been design competitions, consultations, and endless questions about what will become of this 112-acre parcel of land. We think we have some answers this morning. City Councillor for Waverly West is Janice Lukes and this property lies within the boundaries of her ward. Good morning, Councillor. Good morning. Good morning. So are we a step closer to seeing something tangible at this site? Big, big step, I hope. 
a huge step. This is another huge step um, in the development of the former Southwood Golf Course lands. Yes. What did we see yesterday? What happened? Well, this happened on July 21st. I only got around to posting it yesterday and giving the residents an update because there's just so much happening. But um, what happened is the University of Manitoba has has sort of a development arm. And this group of individuals have been working away to plan where the roads would go, where the parks would go, where development would go, and what type of development. And it came forward, the plan came forward, and it's called a subdivision and rezoning. And it was subdivided and rezoned. And now, essentially, what's going to happen next is underground pipes and, and roads and pathways are going to be constructed. Now, there, there's a long list of uh, multi-unit housing developments along Pemina Highway. It's part of the city where students and others want to live. So what are we going to see in terms of housing at the old Southwood site? Right. Well, this is interesting. So it's not just student housing. There, of course, will be housing for students, but it will also be housing for anyone that basically wants to live there. It will be uh, for people retiring, for people wanting to start a new life. Um, there'll be very high towers and there will be medium-sized buildings. And um, probably the smallest ones will be three-story townhouses. There won't be any single-family homes on this property, which is rather unique. Um but this is the sort of vision that the university has is it's going to be just a real hub of activity. There'll be commercial, there'll be restaurants, there'll be shopping, grocery stores. So it's going to be a whole little world. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was texting with you last night and wondering if there was going to be a place. I, I'm picturing sort of a, not not that we want to be America necessarily, but Main Street USA, some of these college towns uh, they have these great main streets with uh, with the shopping and coffee shops, restaurants, pubs, brew pubs, and then and then they have apartments above them. Are we going to see something like that? A place where we can go uh, and pregame, so to speak, uh, before events at IG Field and after? Yes, that's exactly what it's going to be like. They've really got some some exciting um, zoning put in um, to encourage exactly that kind of development. And um, that's their vision, you know. Um, uh, out in the out in BC, there's there's universities set up like this. Out east, there's universities set up like this. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's going to be really exciting. I think one of the really great features is University Crescent, the entry point into the university, very similar to Chancellor Matheson, will be just a lush green forest. They're going to have a separated. A multi-use bike path, so it's going to be a very ceremonial entrance, a very grand entrance, just like it was when the golf course was there. Very beautiful and green, and they've retained that. and And I'm so thankful that they've got that vision and foresight to understanding the value of green and trees. You know. And before we let you go, Janice, we only have about a minute, but can you provide some timelines and what comes next? Yes, well, the lands will be leased. They won't be sold. So that's a bit of a different setup. 
So now what the development company is doing is they're going to be putting out, um, I don't know if it's going to be RFPs, requests for proposals, but they're going to be putting the word out that, you know, come lease for 99 years, build what you want, fit in with the plan. And uh, I expect next year when the roads and the pipes are in, things to start happening. City Councilor for Waverly West, Janice Lukes, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Councilor, thank you very much. We appreciate the time. Have a great day. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg. We're asking you about the weird things that you see people do, like the Yankees fan who made a beer straw out of his hot dog wiener. But before that, I just got to mention this quickly. The, the Easter Seals drop zone is today at the Manitoba Hydro Building. Oh, and if I'm understanding this correctly, I be- it looks like our global colleague, Corey Callahan, is doing it. What? Yeah. He, they just, he, he's like, I guess he's going to be doing it in the next 20 minutes or so. Are you kidding? Yeah. So hopefully we'll have some footage of that on Global News Morning. That's, uh, there. when I did it, it was at the RBC building across the street from where we are at 201 Portage. They've since moved it down to uh, the Manitoba Hydro building. But yeah, you, rep- you go up to the roof and rappel down to the ground and it's terrifying, exhilarating, fun. Didn't Remember, you do it live on the air? Twice. Twice. Yeah, I did it back-to-back years. I actually fell off the building. Do you remember that? I fell over. Sorry, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, they, they, I was standing on the edge, and they, they gently leaned me over, and they said, Kay, are you ready for some more slack? And I said, yep. And, uh, and then I just toppled over. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't the only one. They actually changed the, the safety doodad the safety rig the next year to to move the center of gravity because it was down by the hip and they moved it up to the chest so to prevent that because we're all inexperienced and i think that year might have been the first year they did it so we're all he had all these people who had never done this kind of thing before so we all none of us knew what we were doing and a bunch of us fell over uh and i did that live in the air i seem to remember going oh oh as my butt came crashing into the building. So, yeah, that was fun. So Hopefully anyway. we were in a delay just in case. I believe. I don't think we were. Oh, great. Yeah, that was that was the first thing I thought of. Don't swear, don't swear, don't Good swear. Good for you. Um, but uh, just very quickly here, Carolyn North Kildonan and international strange things people do. In Winnipeg, a guy walking around with a cardboard box on his head while I was waiting for a bus on Graham Avenue. This was in broad daylight. And then on a trip to Turkey, a goat Tied up to a bicycle rack in downtown <laughs> Istanbul. Maybe it was destined for a kitchen. When we came back to the bicycle rack, it was gone. 204-780-6868. The weird things people do for a chance to win tickets for SmackDown on September 30th. We'll pick a winner at 9.15. It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb's on Connecting Winnipeg today from 10 until 12. A new show debuted on Sunday, and a lot of people watched it. Dreams didn't make us kings. Dragons did. HBO's new Game of Thrones spinoff is an instant hit. More from ABC's Jason Nathanson. I have decided to name a new heir. The Dragon Sword Sunday night, the debut of the Game of Thrones prequel House of the Dragon, Breaking Records, the most watched new series in HBO history. Just shy of 10 million people tuned in on HBO and HBO Max, that number bigger than six of the eight Game of Thrones season premieres, and it'll likely go up as other metrics are tallied. 
Now, TV analysts say Sunday's audience was largely fans of the original Game of Thrones and will have to build on the existing audience through word of mouth. But I think this is super exciting that it had such a huge debut because I kind of wondered in the age of streaming, will, will we ever see big numbers like that again? But Greg, you flagged an awesome video on social media of something pretty incredible in New York City. Well, whenever I send something like this to you, I always think of Bob Irving's wise words to you once upon a time. Illustration is better than explanation. And it was a, a video of a multi-story building in New York City. And it was at night and it was simply taking video of the windows. And you know how you can often tell what your neighbors are watching on the television? Well, as all the light flashes were going on, easily three, four, or five out of every seven, eight, nine, or ten windows was clearly watching the same program. Yeah, so that was so exciting. And it's just that shared experience. And I think, like, I was, I was excited it's the first time in a long time where I, I was eagerly anticipating waiting for 8 o'clock to roll around so that I could watch Game of Thrones or watch this House of the Dragon show. And um, I it's kind of nice to know that I'm watching it while other people are watching it. So it's just kind of like when you're listening to a song on the radio and someone pulls up beside you, they're listening to the same song because they're listening to the same station, that shared experience. So it's, and the show's good, by the way, it was a really, I really enjoyed that first episode. So I'm looking forward to next Sunday, 10 episodes of season one of house of the dragon. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg from 10 until 12. And then after 12, from 12 until 1, Jets at noon. Mr. Mackling, I understand Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth have something exciting in the offing today. They do. The gentleman that you affectionately refer to as Mike Skaha, Mark Skahaifale, <laughs> Mark Shifley, number 55, will join the boys on Jets at noon. So you'll want to pay attention to that. A uh, recap of his golf weekend, no doubt, and probably some hockey talk as well on the agenda as Mark Shifley joins Jim Toth and Cameron Poitras at Jets or on Jets at noon. You could also go with Shifele, like Pele. Mm-hmm. Um, and given how good he is at hockey and as it turns out, golf, who knows, maybe he's also a world class soccer uh, or footy player. Yeah, then we would just go with Fefe. For the, you know, the Brazilians always have the cool nicknames. Yeah. You might remember when they accidentally put uh, S-C-H-E-I-F-E-F-E on the back of Mark Shifley's jersey very early in his career. I think it was a preseason game in Minnesota. And so some of the people in my circle affectionately referred to Mark Shifley as Fefe. Nice. And uh, we just before we get into what we're doing here, just got to quickly mention, we, we just mentioned the, the chicken and waffle sandwiches that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers dropped off. And uh, it has a, like a honey stung sauce or something on it. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty good. Well, pretty, pretty good. So it's part of uh, country night. The Bombers are celebrating on Thursday. Bombers, Stampeders, chicken and waffle sandwich. And don't forget that Pure Later Tackle Hunger Food Drive. They are uh, asking and encouraging fans to make a cash donation on site or bring a non-perishable food item baby food and diapers uh welcomed in fact and we have we already gave away our tickets for the bombers this morning congrats to marlene lecky but we will have more tickets to give away tomorrow and on thursday and you can also win bomber tickets with loren on connecting winnipeg and um 
I was going to say and the news, but I uh, can't read. It doesn't say that on the news. But the news does have Rainbow Stages production of the Wizard of Oz tickets to give away and a pair of tickets for the Winnipeg Wine Festival. So that's good stuff. Now, earlier this hour, we spoke with Andrea Cates about helping our kids deal with potential anxiety as the start of the school year approaches. We discussed nutrition as a critical part of the school day as well. But what about the academics of it all, Brett? Class schedules, balancing school with other activities. How do we help our kids on that front? Our next guest is a parent, a teacher, and founder and inventor of the board game which helps kids get excited about math. It's called Mathopoly. So I'm a math guy, quotient product sum guy, hypotenuse to see guy, 3.14 pi guy. I'm a cute type, and math's doing yet type, sharpen pencils loud type, smarter than your dad type. I'm a math guy. Duh. He is the math guy. Will Penner joins us now. Good morning, Will. <laughs> Good morning. How are you guys? Doing great. Appreciate the time and... I know your summer is winding down. Uh, some it people is. under the yeah. impression, you know, that teachers uh, don't go back to school until seven minutes before the bell on the uh, Wednesday after Labor Day. Nothing could be further from the truth, right? Right. Yeah, no, no, it's uh, constant. I mean, not constant. We take our time off, too, as well. But, uh, yeah, no, we're looking forward and looking ahead and always trying to plan and pre-plan and make sure the year goes down smoothly. All right, so not only math, but English and science are sort of the big three academic subjects, and they can be overwhelming for our kids, and may I admit, overwhelming for the parents as well. How do we settle our kids down and help them get set up for success in those three areas in particular? Well, I think in the course, I think it's like... I mean, if you're if you're looking now towards September and you have about two weeks, a week and a half left, I mean, now's not the time to cram. I think this is something that goes on throughout the year. You take a break and you sort of look at things throughout the summer. Um, you know, if you're going on road trips, that's part of social studies and history. If you're doing grocery shopping or things in the yard and you got you got to measure, you're doing stuff in math, you're constantly reading throughout the summer, you grab a great book, you're doing some writing. I think putting the faith in teachers, putting the faith in your child as well, that they're going to get uh, steered in the right direction as long as they're doing the work. And, um, you know, parents just helping their, their students or their children when they have questions, um, encouraging to go to the teachers when they have um, questions and not, like, leaving it last minute. I think that anxiety kind of dissipates as soon as we start doing those things and following those directions. And what about the discussion, what do you want to do when you, want to, when you grow up? Any advice oh, on how to question. approach youngsters with all yeah. that comes out of that question? <laughs> I love that question because it's something that I sometimes ask um, just, you know, for conversation sakes in middle years because that's where I am. And the answers are, are pretty funny because you have students who say, you know, I want to I do something in the arts. I want to do something uh, with electricity, a level, you know, electricity. I want to be a, whatever it is. My uncle does this. I would love to do that too. It seems really interesting. And then you have some some students who are like, my parents want me to be a lawyer. My parents want me to be a doctor. And I always kind of think, you know, when we start living vicariously through our children and, and, and steering them towards a direction that they're not in love with, I think that's when things go sideways. And I think, um, you know, encouraging the talents of your students or your children is one thing. I think 
steering them in a, in a direction that they necessarily don't want to go is something that we need to really, you know, be careful about because we all see the talents in our children. Um, sometimes our children don't see it that way, but telling them or really encouraging them to do something when they really don't want to do it, I think can be dangerous. I, I like that point of view, Will, uh, just finding uh, your young person's uh, strengths and, and encouraging them to explore that is something that I try to do. Uh, course selection, something you don't really deal with until high school. And I know you're a middle years uh, teacher, but I wanted to draw on your experience, not only as a student, but as a teacher with regard to that and helping our kids balance it all. The things that go on away from school, whether it's at home, whether it's extracurricular activities, and then maybe a heavy course load how do you set them at ease and let them know you know don't bail on this thing uh, earlier than than maybe you should right well i think i mean obviously the core subjects are core subjects you're going to be taking those right in semester one or semester two i think where where students have a drive at, at school is with their electives and i think choosing proper electives ones that you really want to take not closing doors off in grade 10 grade 11 grade 12 but leaving like, you know, leaving doors open, it's a lot easier to, to, to close a door later on or to, to move a different direction than to try and open one up in grade 12 or first year university or trying to get into college or trying to get into an apprenticeship and things like that. So I think sometimes leaving the electives um, wide open and, and just looking at all the different things that you're, you can do in high school these days. Like when I was in high school, I think I got to like chop wood. I think that was my big elective, right? You know, building very simple things. Like, it was not great. Uh, now you're doing everything. So I think, you know, those are the drives. I know that my daughter is looking so forward to, to the electives that she's taking because she already knows what the cores are. I mean, she knows what's expected, and she knows those aren't going away for the next four years. So it's all those little things, I think, that really widen students' eyes and go, you know, that's, that's a route I want to take. So now maybe I need to take this math or this is what I want to really take. I want to take this kind of history course. So I think electives are, are the big ones. This is, uh, I, I might just be barking up the wrong tree. I'm just curious. Uh, are there, depending on the time of day, are there, are, are certain subjects more conducive for different times of the day? Like do I, would I, is it statistically peak, speaking, am I better to learn math in the afternoon or morning or is there any, anything with that? Uh, if I have anything to do with my, with my um, course times, I always try to do my math uh, in the mornings. First thing, to tell you the truth. I, I, I don't like doing math at the end of the day with my students. Uh, stay away from it. I think statistically we've seen that math and, and the sciences are better to do in the mornings. Um, I guess it all depends how you're teaching and what you're exactly you are teaching and what discipline in English or or science, biology, chemistry, physics. I'm not sure, but I know that uh, those courses to do with math are, are much better to do in the morning. I would say that if you want to take, you know, cooking, you probably want to do it around lunchtime. Well, this is my, That's very strategic. <laughs> I like that. Uh, before we let you go, speaking of tr strategic, we had the photo math app come up in conversation. I think it was last week, Brett, and I wanted to get your take on that app. Do, do you think it's okay for kids to be familiar with it, to use it as a part of maybe reverse engineering a, a question that they can't source out for themselves? I think any time that you're taking the time to look at anything to do with math, 
in a different light is okay with me. It, that doesn't bother me at all. I mean, if you're if you're spending time, you know, people always they they talk about going on to Google to find figuring out answers instead of trying to you know talk to somebody. If you're taking the time and the and the effort to go on to Google and type in a math question or a history question or whatever it might be, good for you. You're, you're spending the time. Obviously, you're learning something with it. So it doesn't matter to me how it's done. I think as long as you're taking the time to figure it out for yourself, good on you. Will Penner joining us live on 680 CJOB. He's a parent, a teacher, founder of The Board Game, which helps kids get excited about math. Mathopoly, Will Penner, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks, boys. Take care. And we'll have more on Back to School through the day and through the coming weeks, no doubt. Um, that makes sense to do the math earlier. I think so, too. Because as the day drags on, you're more tired. Because often what will happen, like I always, at the end of our show, I have a number of tasks. Some of them are creative and some of them are tedious. And the tedious ones that require actual, like, brain power, <laughs> I, I often just don't have the, just, just can't do it. Whereas if you get it out of the way at the beginning of the day, yeah, that makes sense. Strategy, man. So much of life is strategy, don't you find? It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on, connecting Winnipeg from 10 until 12. Coming up at 9.35, Mr. Mackling, we're going to talk about painting the pavement. Painting the pavement, painting the town red, blue, green, yellow, all sorts of different colors. You've probably seen these if you're an active cyclist or, or walk in different parts of the city. These incredible murals that have been painted on, in particular, active transportation bridges. Uh, Jeff Fortier, I don't know if you've noticed them in our end of the city through Buns Creek. There are those bridges that go across, across Buns Creek on the trails, and they've all been painted up with these incredibly cool murals. Well, they're appearing all over the city, and we'll talk about how many more we might see, who's paying for them, what the inspiration is. Uh, I think on a heavy day, which uh, I think our day of programming might get a little heavier on CJOB, we, it, it's nice to celebrate something positive going on in our city. And a reminder as well that coming up on Jets at noon today, we are going to hear from Mark Shifley. He's on at 12.09 with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth. Mark Shifley, who uh, just had a decent run at the Manitoba Open over the weekend and, of course, is, uh, you know, professional ice hockey player. LOL. Um, now we want to say hello to our friend and colleague, Corey Callahan from Global News Morning, who this morning participated in the Easter Seals drop zone at the Manitoba Hydro Building. So, Corey, before I ask you how the experience was, for those who might not be familiar with the drop zone, what is it? What do you have to do? Yeah, good morning, Brett. Uh, so right now, uh, basically how it works is that uh, you sign up uh, with uh, Manitoba Possible. Uh, and raise some funds uh, and basically this goes towards some more of the recreation activity to help support their community services and not just in Winnipeg of course uh, across uh, many manageable communities uh, from basically every corner you can think of uh, so once you raise that uh, particular amount of money uh, you then uh, basically get to rappel down the Manitoba Hydro Building, just the casual uh, nearly 300 feet you get to rappel down. Uh, so uh, quite a rewarding experience as well because the main and important thing here is that we're giving back to our community. Uh, you use the word get to so casually there, Corey, and so I commend you for taking on this challenge. You raised your money. Who are you raising your money for, first of all? 
Yeah, so this was, uh, yeah, all for uh, Manitoba Possible. I was able to do it, uh, through, of course, uh, with, with uh, Global Global News Winnipeg. So uh, doing it through a bit of that and then uh, giving it all back to uh, Manitoba Possible. So uh, very great to see that uh, being able to help out the community, not just tell their stories, but also be able to get back in different ways as well. So we assume you're on the ground right now because there's a considerable amount of excitement. We can hear the live music. Etc. Could you maybe find uh, like uh, something you could just a little bit of a screen that you could get behind, Corey? Because we're having a hard time. The music sounds great. We get the vibe, but we can't hear you as well as we'd like to. And we want to know how your descent went. Uh, how did it start off for you? Okay. Hopefully, this sounds a bit better here. I just moved uh, to the side from the music. Um, yeah. So it was uh, quite something. Uh, yeah. Have to take an elevator ride. Basically, you get an escorted elevator ride up to uh, what would be considered the 22nd uh, floor uh, to the roof of their building. And then now they get you, all, of course, all geared up and everything. So you're wearing this harness uh, and uh, all these different clips too as well to make sure that the rope stays in nice and secured. And then uh, after that, uh, basically they tell you, you know, just casually, just step to the side of the building, <laughs> uh, which was quite something. So you have, uh, have to step in uh, uh, against the building, against the Mantua Hydro building. And then you start rappelling down and and let me tell you we always talk about or we try to remind ourselves too uh even though like you were saying a bit earlier about how heavy the news can get sometimes just how beautiful uh manitoba is how beautiful winnipeg is and to have that perspective of, of winnipeg just looking to your side for a second you know when you're not you know when you get when you kind of forget for a second that you are uh 200 feet in the air just look to off to the side a few times uh, it's just great to see how beautiful the city is from a different perspective. That's very profound and well said, young man. Well done to you. Um, now, the, your actual descent, did you have any hiccups or anything along the way, like when you first uh, stepped off, for example? Yeah, yeah, it was quite something. Uh, so the, it was funny that the window, I, I, I don't know if it might have been a moisture thing or morning dew or whatever kind of thing, but you never realize how slippery the glass could be sometimes. So I actually went to the side of the building. Uh, don't feel anything. It was it was just a little slight hiccup. So sometimes just making sure you actually um, get uh, your foot, you know, make sure you actually get the process because they, they give you as much training as possible. We did training last week as well just to kind of get an experience of what it was like. And we did a mini training series again as well this morning. But uh, to actually just uh, step into it for a second and kind of get yourself grips with it, um, it is quite something. So you can only actually be, once you're actually there, um, you have to be there sometimes in order to actually feel it. So, But after that, as soon as you kind of um, get the hang of the rope and uh, the process of uh, rappelling down, um, because some of that rope you're actually pulling up is weighing upwards of 50, 70 pounds. Wow. So uh, it's definitely a workout. So once you get there, once you get the hang of it, it's uh, hopefully, it's quite the experience to have, when you, especially when now, since I have a chance on the ground to think about it, it's quite, it's quite something. <laughs> so you're on the ground. And for anybody questioning if there's anything going on in downtown Winnipeg, we couldn't hear quite decidedly that there's lots going on in downtown Winnipeg this morning. Uh, Corey, uh, did they have a gift bag for you at least to, to thank you for your participation today? Was there, were there any souvenirs? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I got to see a, um, a nice water bottle in there, uh, a nice little bag, too, as well. I can carry some things around. Uh, and, of course, uh, 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 Gabby Marchand, of course, a big, uh, uh, you know, member of the CGOPO family as well, of course, on Fridays. Um, I'm, I made her a bit jealous. There is a bag of Cheetos in there as well. So I may have to bring them back to the newsroom, just, uh, you know, throw them around a little bit. Just for Gabby. Before we let you go, Corey, uh, if anybody wants to wander down there and see what's going on, what side of the building, of the Manitoba Hydro building, are you rappelling down? 
Yep, so this is the west side. So this would be uh, Edmonton Street that, that you'd be going to. They have it all blocked off, and there's also a bunch of uh, different setups as, as well. Uh, there's some uh, food trucks, uh, some uh, uh, silent auctions, I believe, some loony auctions too going on. So a lot of little different things to go on in between when the, uh, when the repellers are going down. So just uh, a lot of activity going on to about 4 o'clock this afternoon. And uh, just also, Corey, just so you know, when I, I did this about 10 years ago when it was at the RBC building, I full-blown toppled over. And my, my butt was against the wall. My legs were sticking up into the air like a beetle on its back. Uh, so, yeah, lots of people have problems when they first step off to do this thing. So congratulations for, uh, for doing it, man. That's exciting stuff. You sound jacked up. Yeah, I think they they also said too last week that you may not be able to sleep the next night just because you're, so much is going through your mind the day before and of course when you're actually doing it. So I think that's going to happen. So I may have to work like 20 hours just to get all this energy out of us. Don't tell the don't tell the bosses that though. I will burn the energy off somewhere else. Actually, you can't see the adrenaline running through your veins, but you can hear it coursing and the energy. Thanks, Corey. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Corey Callahan from Global News Morning, having completed the Easter Seals Drop Zone. And if you want more information on just what that is, the dropzone.ca slash location. Just Google it, Easter, Se- Easter Seals Drop Zone, Winnipeg. And, um, and you can go check it out at the Manitoba Hydro Building. They're on the west side, on the Edmonton Street side. Good for Corey. It's Mackling and McGarry, McNabb's on Connecting Winnipeg today from 10 until 12. And we're asking you about the weird things that you see other people do. Like, um, oh, you probably, uh, I, maybe you've seen this guy in the years past, Greg. I haven't seen him in a while. If somebody, if he still wanders around downtown Winnipeg, somebody let me know. 204-780-6868. Did you ever see the guy who, there's a guy who had a shaved head. I think he had some tattoos. Always walked around downtown with his shirt off. Super tanned with uh, an iguana oh. typically on his head. Yes, I remember him. I kept my distance <laughs> from him. Reptiles and I are not uh, friends. They, the two of them look like great friends. Yeah, I mean, that apparently. iguana was always super comfy. <laughs> Sometimes you'd see him crawling around the guy's shoulders. Mm-hmm. But uh, every time I saw that, the novelty never wore off. No, like, that's hey. a good point. You're used to that in Vegas or New York or something, but in Winnipeg, not so much. Yeah. But uh, so we're getting some interesting ones, and I have no idea how to, how to pronounce this, Reese, so I'm going to give this a shot. Reese says, My grandpa used to eat tea in a bowl with squared pieces of bread in there. In Welsh, it's called, is it barate? Spelled B A R E T E. I'm sort of channeling some Kramer here. Karate. <laughs> Barate. Yeah. yeah, well, I think, uh, do you have any Welsh in your uh, genealogy? Not that I know of. I do, and so I, and I have no idea. Okay. On how to say that. So uh, Kelly says, my grandmother, may she rest in peace, for years and years saved plastic bread bags and the plastic ties that came with them. When we moved out, uh, uh, when we moved her out of her house, we found hundreds and hundreds of bags and tags. She also did the same with margarine containers and any other container that could be washed and saved. She started recycling long before recycling was cool. Once again, that's from Kelly. Yeah, saving the margarine containers, the hell of a dip, which I am against because they get tricked all the time. There's soup or something similar in the hell of a dip, and it's got the weight, and I open it. I've got my chips in a bowl. Oh, are you kidding me? This is leftover 
tomato soup or something. Yeah, you got to put a piece of tape or something yes. on it to indicate that this is leftovers. Exactly. Uh, but I feel like you got to read the winner considering that Rob calls himself Big A Rob. Yeah, Big A Rob is our winner today who says, I had a neighbor years ago who was a lawn and garden perfectionist. One summer while spending the weekend on my roof installing new shingles, I watched him for three straight days, attempting to make a global cedar perfectly round. He had tape measures, protractors, plywood, stencils, and shears. By Sunday, the shrub had been reduced from a five-foot-wide shrub to a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. And, oh, for good measure... His name was Char. <laughs> ah, that's fantastic. Yeah, he's just trying to. Okay, I'll just take a bit more here. Oh no, I just got to take a little more over here. Oh, I'll now get this. it's uneven. And now oh, it's and no. now it's almost all gone. Congratulations, Big A Rob, going to Friday night SmackDown, September thirtieth, Canada Life Center. Greg, what's coming up in sports? That's how I went from hippie to skippy overnight when I had to get my permed <laughs> hair cut off because I was trying to even out my bangs, and my mom said, uh, "Yeah, it's all over for you, boy. We got to go cut it all off." Mackling and McGarry McNabb is in for Connecting Winnipeg. She's going to join us in our next segment to tell us what she's got coming up after 10 o'clock. Question of the day at cjob.com for Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace at 204-832-6243. We're just in the process of updating the question for this morning. But, uh, Greg, do you see the results from yesterday afternoon's question? I certainly do. Brett McGarry, experts believe the price of plane tickets could go down in the fall months. What is the biggest factor affecting your decision to get back to air travel? We discussed this a little bit yesterday morning. The cost of travel is 24%. That's uh, kind of standing in your way. Chaos at airports, 58% of you. And COVID concerns for 18%. Cast your vote at cjob.com. And like we said, we're going to update that question for you shortly and tell you what that question is. But right now, we want to talk about, well, hey, as we lament and search for answers to uh, crime in our city, we thought it would be nice to discuss something happening here, which is sure to bring a smile to your face. So on Sunday, I saw a picture from artist Alex Plant on his Twitter account with a photo taken of the artwork painted on the pavement on Wellington Crescent at Academy, just south of the Maryland Bridge. It was from above, must have been from a drone or something, Brett. I think I sent it to you. It was literally a lane wide. It's bright. It's colorful. I'll say it's gorgeous. It is part of the Cool Streets Initiative, which has been and seen numerous pedestrian bridges painted with incredible murals for the past several years. And to learn more about this beautification project, let's say good morning to Stefan George, artist and co-founder, or founder rather, of Cool Streets Winnipeg. Stefan, good morning. Yeah, good morning. And uh, we also have with us to help us learn more about Paint the Pavement on behalf of the City of Winnipeg is Eric Dixon, Livable Streets Specialist. Good morning, Eric. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So why don't we start with you, Eric. What is Paint the Pavement and what is it all about? So Paint the Pavement is a new initiative we're trying this year. Uh, We have our enhanced summer bike routes uh, that people might be familiar with over the last couple summers. There are 15 different routes around the city uh, that we've traffic-calmed them to make them a little bit uh, more nicer for uh, cyclists. And uh, we're noticing that this year when we had a 30K speed limit on them that 
a few of them were still having uh, some higher speed traffic on them. So we wanted to try some different temporary traffic calming measures. So uh, we're doing a Paint the Pavement Winnipeg initiative with Cool Streets, where we've painted out a couple different uh, styles of traffic calming measures, things like median islands and curb bump outs uh, that narrow down the traffic lanes. And then we've asked Cool Streets and uh, a lot of great local artists to come in and uh, paint murals in those spaces uh, just to beautify and color the streets more. Wow, this brings a smile to my face. So Cool Streets, Stefan, tell us a little bit more about Cool Streets and how it came into being because clearly this precedes Paint the Pavement. Yeah, uh, well, personally, Cool Streets is a, a project. It started uh, from advocacy as a neighborhood resident uh, in my local neighborhood in front of the University of St. Boniface on De La Cathedrale. Um, there's a, a residential street that's four lanes wide um, at a four-way stop. And regularly, we, we, I would see pedestrians trying to cross the four lanes, and two, two vehicles would be coming up, uh, often ignoring the stop sign because it's such a long radius along it. So in 2017, with the Canada Summer Games, we painted um, 11 crosswalks uh, around the city and also did this temporary traffic calming measure. Um, and from that, it just kind of expanded into other projects to the bridges in 2018, which uh, we've been doing ever since. So in 2018, we painted four pedestrian bridges to talk about the benefits of pedestrian bridges. And if we could have a dozen more pedestrian bridges over the Red and the Cinnaboyne, it would really help shorten distances for people to get around. And I think it would really help neighborhoods connect to one another. Um, and so that just continued to expand. Um, we did eight pedestrian bridges this spring. Um, with a different artist on each bridge. Uh, and we've expanded to uh, accommodate the Paint the Pavement project uh, with the City of Winnipeg, thanks to, uh, thanks to an invitation uh, we got this summer. Now, Stefan, it's uh, Brett here, by the way. Um, who, uh, where does the money come from for this? Yeah, so every project has been different. So in 2017, uh, it started off with, we had uh, sponsorship from some of the neighborhood business biz associations, uh, the Norwood Grove biz, Provence biz. Um, then we had land dedicated reserves, so that's a city funding that's approved through the local community committee and those councillors. Um, we also had sponsorship with companies like ATS Traffic Services who provided uh, lane closures for us for free. Um, so every year it's been kind of a combination. The Winnipeg Regional Health Authority has provided funding a few times because one of the goals is to promote physical activity by having multiple sites spread out across the city. It's a way to encourage people to get out actively and to explore the multiple locations. Um, so they've been a, a partner, I think, for three of the last six years. Um, and then Paint the Pavement, uh, this is uh, exclusively a, a City of Winnipeg uh, project, so funded from, from them. Well, I love uh, public art. I love what it can do for our spirits. But I'm equally as intrigued by your title, Eric. Eric Dixon is with the City of Winnipeg, and his title is Livable Streets Specialist. How do you earn such a designation, Eric? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting title. It definitely uh, uh, is good for introductions. Um, uh, really, I just came about it. Uh, I'm the first one at the city of Winnipeg. I'm the second person in our active transportation branch. Uh, previously, the position was called a, a pedestrian and cycling planner. And uh, kind of just given the uh, varied roles uh, that we wind up taking on, doing everything from uh, 
pedestrian uh, studies, walk-bike studies, uh, traffic calming initiatives, uh, all of this kind of temporary uh, pop-up sort of infrastructure stuff. It goes into a lot of different roles. And uh, I, I think it, we, we might have borrowed a term from City of Calgary, who, uh, who have some similar uh, positions and even a department of livable streets, I believe, there. So uh, we, we copy from the best when we can. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great title. I love what it means. I love uh, what I do and, and uh, that I get to come out and work with uh, different communities and uh, help them uh, with their ideas uh, of what to do within our right-of-ways. Now, Stefan, you mentioned that some of the funding, some of the funding is coming from the city, which means tax money. So anytime the, their tax dollars are used for stuff like this, you're going to have people who say, well, that's a waste of my of my tax money. I wanted to see it go to something more important, uh, so to speak. So what would you say to somebody with that uh, particular opinion? Well, I've definitely heard that on site while painting a few times. Uh, we, You know, it's probably 1% of the comments that we get when we're out and about in the communities painting our murals. Uh, 99% is just utter support and, and appreciation for the work we're doing. You know, the it, it's pennies in terms of the city budget, and it's all going towards local artists. It's, you know, it's supporting us. It's supporting our what we do. Um, we spend that money locally. We're going out to local restaurants and we're grabbing lunch when we're on site. Uh, you know, it, it's staying within our local economy. So if it's a waste of money, um, you know, that, that's, that's an opinion. But, you know, I, I, for how much it costs to the city, I think it brings, it brings a lot to the city for, for the dollar amount. Eric, can you put a dollar sign on it, a dollar amount on it for us? Yeah, this program, the Paint the Pavement program this year, uh, we're still tallying up some of the final numbers, but it's looking like it'll come in somewhere under $50,000. Oh. Uh, and that's comparable into previous years of what we've spent on uh, uh, the one-block restrictions, which is the previous traffic calming that we had uh, on the enhanced summer bike routes. So uh, we're staying kind of within our existing budgets there. Yeah, well, you know, the the city is a beautiful place in the summer, but we you know, we don't have mountains, we don't have uh, lakefront. Yes, we have our, our rivers that that run through our cities, but everything that we do outside of our tree canopy is sort of man made, and so anything that we can do to beautify our city, uh, I'm behind a hundred percent. Just before we let you go here, Eric, I might be putting you on the spot here a little bit, but Stefan mentioned you know more connectivity between neighborhoods with regard to active transportation bridges there's one that's been proposed in between fort rouge uh river avenue and and the assiniboine avenue it's been it's been on the on the drawing board of the proposal board for a while here the fact that you're doing this and you have this title is that an indication that there's going to be a commitment to some of these things maybe not specific projects but overall that this is a vision that the city wants to explore and to expand I can't speak about any uh, additional bridges or river crossings or things like that. Uh, right now, there's nothing planned that I'm aware of in the budget. Uh, those are definitely big ticket items. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are always looking at uh, improving connectivity and uh, bridging our gaps and finding more connections between our communities. And that's something that we're, we're looking at. Part of that uh, Osborne to uh, Cinnaboyne Avenue uh, bridge project uh, is actually uh, happening next year. We were just talking about it with uh, some local stakeholders last week with protected bike lanes on River and Stradbrook Avenues. So uh, there's there's some different things happening and uh, invite everyone to uh, check out the Sea Winnipeg's uh, website for more information about the different projects we have on the go. 
Stefan Dorge is artist and founder of Cool Streets Winnipeg. Thank you very much for joining us, Stefan. This is really neat. I really appreciate uh, the call to have us on. And Eric Dixon, Livable Streets Specialist with the City of Winnipeg. Eric, thank you for your time as well. We appreciate it, sir. Thanks for having us. And I invite everyone also to follow along on social media, hashtag PaintThePavementWPG, and watch out for local artists uh, out on Kilkenny Drive later this week. Hashtag PaintThePavementWPG.